so wonderful to see everybody here. Doesn't it just feel good to be with people? Um, <clears throat> just a few minutes ago, I, I, I'm over here, I just heard the Lord say, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. And I had this excitement in my heart. It wasn't like, you know, scary, like a, somebody coming out of the wilderness, but it was like, prepare ye the way. This is our time. This is our moment that we can get people just filled up with the Holy Spirit. And I just think everybody that came out today, I know that God is doing so much in your homes. And um, I just want to speak a blessing over you. I, I speak health over your bodies. I take all the fear out of the houses. In the name of Jesus, we command all fear to go. Uh, all fear of being around people. I thank you, Lord, that you're bringing uh, just, just like baptizing us with new, fresh love for people. I mean, last service, yes, last Sunday, we were in this wonderful atmosphere, and I ran to Albertson's at the end of getting ready for dinner, and I walked by this lady, and I wasn't even stopping or anything. She goes, six feet away. And I'm like, what? I mean, I wasn't even trying to get close to her, but she was so scared. I thought, Lord, that's not the way we're supposed to live. So I just declare peace in your mind. You can relax. Ain't no bug going to get on me. <laughs> I am not going to get sick. And I just thank the Lord, all you beautiful people be blessed. We want the women to be blessed. We celebrate every woman. Because there's a lot of women that have not had children, but they are mothers to many. And so we bless all the young people growing up. We bless all the young women. You are beautiful. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. So, I'm done. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. It was so funny when she came home, she said, could you pray for me? I said, for what? She said, I just had the weirdest experience. She's so used to being loved and appreciated and everybody welcoming her. She got within six feet of someone and said, six feet, six feet. <laughs> it shook her up a little bit. Today is Mother's Day. Most importantly, we're here to worship God. Wasn't it amazing? Wasn't there such power in worship this morning where we just got to experience like, oh, oh, so good. Then when Tim has us just like, just soak in it for a little while. The presence is here. Let's just soak in that for a little bit. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Wasn't it a great experience for everyone? Yes. All right. Awesome, good. It's so good to be here in the house of the Lord this morning. And once again, I say like last week, it's so good to see your faces instead of seeing a camera in front of us as we try to preach to a camera. But I want to start with a scripture right here this morning. In the Ten Commandments, 20th chapter of Exodus, verse 12, it says, Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I went old school this morning. I'm reading out of King James Version. <laughs> the sword right here. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. You know, we, it's a mandate that we honor our father and our mother. And there's a promise behind that, that if when you do, your days will be long on the earth that God has given you. It's like, this morning we want to honor at least half of that, the mothers this morning. We're, Renee just keeps reminding me, women, women, women. It, it, yes, it is about women, and I'm going to elaborate on that definitely more. I've got scriptures and everything, my dear. So, so... I'm not leaving anybody out. <laughs> but I just wanted to honor this mother right here. She's not my mother, but, but oh, 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 not quite ready yet. But yeah, she's hers, but sitting right next to her is mine. 
Mom, would you just stand up? This beautiful red-haired lady right here that sat on the front row this morning is my mama. Mom, I just honor you this morning. You're an amazing, wonderful, and powerful mother. I love you, love you, love you. Honor you this morning. Renee's mom sitting almost right behind her. Pastor Ruby Rutzen, would you just stand up? This is the mother of the house here. The mother of the house. We honor you. We honor you. Definitely been the mother to many. I was talking to her on the phone this morning, and she's saying what a wonderful experience being a mother is. And I said, you're talking about just to the children that you reared? And she said, well, no. I hope I've been a mother to more. I just say she's been a mother to so many. And let's just bless her this morning. Let her know how much we appreciate her. But I just want to honor this woman standing right next to me who ended up instantly, we got married and she became a mother, an overnight mother and an overnight success as a mother. You know, it's amazing. We don't necessarily have to give birth to somebody to mother them. And she definitely mothered my three children and mothered them very, very well. And I just honor you. I love you. And I appreciate that you became a mother long before you became a mother. So now you've been blessed. You can go. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. We have a video. I'd like to just show this video really quickly. Linda, if we can get that video to come up, get the lights down, the video up, and then I'd like to have Pastor Rutson come up here, make his way up here as the video plays. An honoring video. Probably one of the best things about uh, Mother's Day is it, it gives you the opportunity to, it gives you a platform to um, express how you've been feeling um, about your mom for that whole year, for that whole life. It, 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 it's appropriate to, to say what you want to say. And I, so I, I think I want to start this video with saying I, it's appropriate to let everybody know that um, my mom is the best mom. She's I don't know for a fact, but she's probably better than yours. Um, I prayed about that, and I think if you did too, you'd come with the same solution. Um, no, I I did want to speak to my mom on, on Mother's Day. Um, you know, I, I had an opportunity. It was my, my mother, my mother's uh, Val Haruza. She's back there um, with my grandparents. Um, but it was a birthday a few days ago. Uh, we were at my uncle Lynn's house, and my uncle had asked me to uh, to speak it was kind of just a sudden deal asked me to speak um and this, the situation we're all together um and you know we're all eating and, and that's how i grew up um you know i grew up with a with with food on the table um but it was just more than food i, I grew up uh, constantly being fed um and what i mean by that is you know spiritually, emotionally, uh, physically, uh, my mom was always feeding me, making sure I was full. Um, that's her love language. Um, and, and that's what I was able to, to, to chat about. And, and um, you know, the older I get, I, I, I see one of the things that um, my mother has instilled in me was um, a love language, uh, which is, which is, which is providing food. Um, you know, I, what she's done is, is she brings people together. Um, she brings community, um, you know, through that language. Um, and it's, it's the older I get, the, the more I, I can really identify with that, where I want to provide now. Um, I want my love language, or I feel like my love language is becoming more, um, you know, more um, relevant in, in my life on feeding people. I want to be a blessing to them as my mother has been a blessing to me. Um, it, you know, it, it just means so much, um, me continuing on, um, maturing, growing, uh, you know, that next chapter in my life of, of whatever that looks like, uh, a spouse and, and, and kids and things of that nature, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna love my kids. My wife is gonna love my kids the way that that my mother has loved me and my siblings, um, and it's constantly um, you know 
feeding them. Um, and I, and, you know, I, I, I've just, I can't remember a time where, where I went hungry, um, not from a food standpoint, but from any standpoint, um, you know, my mom always, always made a way to, to feed us. Uh, and it was, it was a, it was a great thing. Um, so on this day, I'd like to take a second to tell my mom that I love you. Um, all moms, um, you know, your kids love you. We all love you. Um, and happy Mother's Day. Yeah, the one wiping her eyes back there, would you just stand up? Let's just acknowledge Val Haruza, Shane's mom. And I've asked Pastor Rutson to speak a blessing. So I'm just going to turn the mic over to him, and I just want him to bless the women today. Happy Mother's Day. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? And uh, it's good to see everyone. I was glad to meet a couple of new friends this morning. And uh, Jerry and Linda, we're glad to have you here. Would you just wave at the folks? And uh, this is their first time with us. Maybe there's some others. Are there some others here for the first time? Raise your hand and wave at us. Oh, here's some more. Here's some more. We want you to be a stranger visitor here just one time. And we trust that you'll leave this morning with new friends, new acquaintances. And uh, if you'll just fill that information card out in front of you, take it to the coffee shop. They'll give you the uh, coffee of your favorite uh, like. Man, this virus is messing things up bad, isn't it? Well, save the card. You can get it later when we get this stuff all straightened out. And we'll give you a rain check this morning. So, We'd still love to have your card and love the opportunity to get to meet you. When God... When God wanted to show his love and concern for a lost world, he used a mother. Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, and she conceived and brought forth a son. That was God's expression of his love and his care for you. For he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And he started with a mother and said, Blessed are you. I want every mother in the house today to feel a special blessing of the Lord upon you, because it is through you as a mother that God uses, I think, the most effective way to show a child love, care, concern, guidance, and his desire for them. I had a weird thought this morning when I was thinking of this. I thought, what if Mary, dealing with the concerns of a engaged girl, not yet married, becoming pregnant, what if she would have had an abortion? struck me so strongly what if she had had an abortion I uh, I have special feelings that way because I was a child of a single mother she went through a lot of embarrassment and difficulty in her family because of me but she loved me and devoted her life to raising me and seeing to it that I had a good start in life. And I'm glad she didn't abort me. And I am thankful today for every mother that is here. You are a very special gift from God to your family. And I'd like to have my wife stand again, if she would please, as 
the first one to stand, please stand. I want her to understand and you to know that she is probably the most wise, caring, loving mother in the whole world. I appreciate her effectiveness and her blessing in our home as the mother. I'd like for all of the mothers to stand right now, if you would, please. In fact, all the ladies, you young ladies that one day hope to be mothers, you stand too. I think you need to understand the value of preparing your life to be a mother. <clears throat> I want God's rich blessing upon your life this morning. And I would like for you, if you would, just to extend your hands open to the Lord as you would be receiving a gift. And I want to express God's blessing to you today that may your worries be tempered with grace and courage and confidence. There's undoubtedly mothers here with worries. I trust this day will bring you a sense of security and confidence that you heretofore have not known. May he grant you wisdom to guide, instruct, and teach your children and your family the way of the Lord, to bless and to keep you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And everybody in the house, if you'd extend your hand to receive his blessing. May he lift up his countenance upon you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you his unspeakable, marvelous peace. May your life be enriched this week with the assurance of God's care and concern for you. May you experience days this week that will be blessed and bring you much encouragement, uplifting favor and confidence before the Lord and your family. May he make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you his great peace. Thank you, Pastor Rutson. There's the father and mother of this house right here. Let's just give them a big hand of appreciation. Let them know how much we love them. I want to go to a to that thing strapped around my head, not this thing that I hold, so I apologize for that. Um, I want you to turn with me to Exodus. I'm, from Exodus to Isaiah 66, verse 13. Pastor Rutzen was talking about how a mother brings comfort, and, and I just want to read 66, 13 to you. This is Isaiah speaking, speaking about God, and speaking about the mother, making a reference to the mother, chapter 66 in Isaiah, verse 13, and listen to this, because this just seems so significant to me as I started a little bit of, a little bit of research on, on the value and importance and, and what a mother's role is. As one, again, I'm from King James, as one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you, and you shall, ye shall be comforted. As one whom his mother comforteth. So where does the comfort come from? What does a mother do? Comforts. A mother brings comfort. As one, as one whom his mother comforteth, so I will comfort you. This is God speaking, saying, I, I will, so will I comfort you. 
I think this is so, this is so powerful for him to make reference to a mother bringing comfort and then God saying, I will comfort you like a mother comforts you. Are you with me? Yeah. How important, how significant for that to be in this scripture by Isaiah saying, as a mother comforts, I will comfort you. I want you to fast forward with me to to John. We're going to move into New Testament territory here to John 14, 26. John 14, verse 26 says, but the comforter, everybody say comforter. Say that again, but the comforter, comforter. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So it's so cool to me to see a reference in the Old Testament. I will be a comfort to you as your mother comforts you. Back in Isaiah, we got that? I will be a comfort to you as your mother comforts you. And then we fast forward into the New Testament where Jesus is speaking and he says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. So we have a comforter now, which is the Holy Ghost. And it just makes me think, Holy Ghost brings the same kind of comfort that our mother brought to us. So when we were babies, raised up as a baby, and we ran to our mother, and she just wrapped us up in her arms, when we bruised our knee, when we got our feelings hurt, or something, where did we run? To our mother. Now we know that we have a comforter in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that just awesome how we can go right from Old Testament to New Testament and realize that that Holy Spirit which was sent to us, Jesus said, I will go to the Father. It's important that I go to the Father and he's going to send in my name the Holy Spirit which will be your comforter just like your mom. Isn't that awesome? I want to, uh, it's kind of, I was having a, a thought this morning uh, as I was preparing here for a little bit that's like, you know, we sometimes get rather self-absorbed and it becomes so much about me. And I've talked to different people, different, different women over the years that have said, nah, you know, I'm not coming to your Mother's Day service because I'm not a mom. I don't have any kids. It's like, but don't you have a mom? Aren't we here to honor our mothers? You don't have to be a mom to be valued at a Mother's Day service. We come to honor God and we come to honor our father and our mother, but particularly mother on, on Mother's Day. Does this make sense to you? You know, I've had guys say, yeah, I don't have any kids. You know, I, I'm not coming to the Father's Day. Most of the time, I just they're just coming down on the fathers anyway for, for not being good enough dads. You're supposed to be the, you know, the father, this amazing father in the home, the spiritual leader and all that. So no, I'm not coming. But you know what? We are coming to honor our fathers and mothers when we come into these kind of service. It's mandated and there's a promise that said your life in the land will be long and prosperous. So it's important that we honor our parents, our fathers and mothers, and don't get like, it's not all about me. It's putting myself aside and coming to honor. All right. Okay. I, I am going to read now from the Passion Translation. I'm falling more and more in love with this, with this translation. Uh, Passion Translation, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 15. Paul saying, if I were to speak with, whoa, 1 Corinthians 4th chapter, verse 15. As soon as Lynn finds it, we will read it. All right. 1 Corinthians 4th chapter, verse 15. Paul saying, I'm not writing this to embarrass you or to shame you but to correct you as the children I love. For although you could have countless babysitters in Christ telling you what you're doing wrong, 
you don't have many fathers who correct you in love. But I'm a true father to you, for I became your father when I gave you the gospel and brought you into union with Jesus, the anointed one. Now, I just want to flip this around because there is such an importance both for fathers and for mothers. So I want to read this again, and I want you to, to listen very carefully or read along with me. It, it, is it up there? Yeah, we could read along. Yes, in the right translation. Yeah. Okay. I'm not writing this to embarrass you or to shame you, but to correct you as the children I love. For although you could have countless babysitters in Christ telling you what you're doing wrong, you don't have many mothers. You correct who correct you in love, but a true mother to you. But I'm a true mother to you because I became your mother when I gave you the gospel and brought you into union with Jesus, the anointed one. So I was talking to, you know, to, to Pastor Ruby, my mother-in-law, this morning. How many have you mothered that weren't your biological children? We're called to be fathers and mothers. I look around even through this congregation and think of... of spiritual sons that, that, that I have, that I get to correct, that I get to pour into spiritual sons. I also look at spiritual daughters that I have in this congregation that I get to pour into and that I get, that I get to correct you know, and bring some correction. Why? Because I love them like God loves them. And that's what, so do, do you have to be a biological mother to be celebrated today? Absolutely not. There could be 10,000 of those teachers and babysitters out there, but we're looking, he's looking for mothers in the faith. So I just encourage you this morning, mothers, you don't have to be biological mothers. In fact, sometimes, I'm just going to throw this out there because I was thinking about this and sharing this with, actually sharing this with my daughter. Um, who's just about to come up here and bring the message this morning. It's like when, as a parent, you have your own biological children to raise, sometimes there's a conflict finding the balance. When God has called you, when God has brought other sons, other daughters into your life that you're trying to raise up, that you're trying to mentor, and your own children can end up feeling neglected sometimes. It's really, really important that we be led by the Spirit, that Holy Spirit that comes not only to be our comforter, but to be our lead, to be our guide, that those that we take to father and to mother to, to, to lead are really brought to us by the Holy Spirit and that we're led by the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, they can be a distraction that just pull you away from the calling on your life. Does this make sense? We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. I mean, we can be awesome. We can be loving. We can be good to everybody. We can love on everybody. But it's only those. Jesus said when he was speaking, I'm going to have to quit here and turn this over pretty quick. But I just say that I remember the words of Jesus just came in, into mind where he was speaking to the Father in John and is saying, you know, I've kept all of those that you gave me. Say, like the Holy Spirit is the one that gives them and awards them to you. You can decide on your own because you have a gift of compassion. You can go out and just be trying to pour that gift out, pour that gift out. You can take somebody in that you're trying to really minister to because it's just you. Possibly your gift, but it can just be your flesh that you're trying to satisfy your own flesh by doing a good deed rather by, than by being led by the Holy Spirit to really adopt those who he's given to you. So Jesus said, I've kept, I've saved everyone that you gave me. So he was very intentional in those that he really poured into. All right. On that note... I want to bring up today's speaker who at 25 years old has already been a mother to many. A mother in the spirit, a spiritual mom to several, 
And I just want all of us to give a valley welcome to Christy Lynn Hardy as she comes up to bring the Mother's Day message. See, is this, yes, it is on. I know we had to clarify there. I'm like, that, he means spiritually. He definitely means spiritually. I hear my grandma like, what? Spiritual mother to Promise. so many. Did, didn't I say that? Yeah, you did. It was okay. just the pause that led up to it that people were like, excuse me? Okay, I got to grab something here. We're going to have fun today, guys. I'm feeling rowdy. I'm feeling rowdy this morning. So we're going to have fun today. Because I am talking. This is a message for everyone. Guys, you get a message. Ladies, ladies, you really get a message, okay? I'm very excited. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for what you were doing, God. Lord, I pray that this would pierce hearts, that we would hear what you're saying, and that we would rise up in obedience, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I have like this clear thing that I need to do in my throat. You know when you have that tickle in your throat, but right now you have to be like, I don't have a tickle in my throat because everyone like panics. That's what I have right now. <clears throat> Sorry, Mike. Give him the warning. It's so funny when people sneeze or like cough at all because you can tell they're like, you're like, it's okay, bless you, you're fine. All righty. I'm going to talk about some bad mamma jamma ladies today. I was reading this story and I got stirred up. I mean, I got stirred up when I heard this. We're going to talk about Deborah. I know, I know. People who know are like, yes. Okay, here's your homework already. Read Judges 4 and 5. That's your homework right off the bat. You're going to hear a lot of it, but seriously, read it on your own because it is so good. So a little context here. What's going on? Israel, if you know about them, they have cycles all the time, right? They, the Lord rescues them. They're like, God, you're so good. And they fall back into sin and then slavery happens. So they have this repeated cycle. So that's happening at this point in time. Israel does evil in the eyes of the Lord and they're handed over to an evil king and there's this terrible man who's named Sisera, and he was the commander of an army. And so he was known for ruthlessly oppressing the Israelites for 20 years. So imagine 20 years of oppression. I mean, quarantine, that's kind of felt like horrible. So I'm just saying, imagine 20 years of actual oppression. This man was, he was actually known if you read in chapter 5 in the Song of Deborah, he's late to come back, and the response is, oh, he must be gathering his plunder, you know, a woman or two per soldier. Or like in other translations, it's a womb or two per man. So this dude, he's known for going in, raiding, raping women, like taking women to then go give to his soldiers. And it also says, um, Oh, and they'll gather these beautiful garments to put on my neck. Like, horrible man, okay? 20 years of that going on. So that's context of this. This is what's going on. It's 20 years of true oppression. Evil man named Sisera has been ruling over them like that. Sounds horrible, right? Sounds pretty terrible. So Israel, of course, they cry out to God. And God is so good. That's, even in the Old Testament, you can see the grace of God all over it. Like his mercy, his love for his people, because he always sends an answer, right? They're silly, and we're like, the Israelites, why were they so dumb? And then we look at our lives, and we're like, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Why did I do that again? So that's what's going on. And then Deborah, she steps in. We love Deborah. Deborah, she was known as a judge and a prophetess. So she would hear from the Lord. Richard, do I need to push this away from my mouth? Is that what's happening? Okay, perfect. 
Um, she was known as a judge and a prophetess. So she would hear from the Lord and she would give insight into what the Lord was doing. Present, future, past, right? Prophetess. She was also a judge. So they would come, she would give judgment, but that didn't just mean like what, what we think of a judge. The ultimate, she was like a, a governor more so. Like she, she ruled in this way where she had um, authority over armies, all kinds of stuff like that. So this is a woman of serious authority. And the people looked up to her. I love this. I love it. They so looked up to her. And that's because she was a woman who loved the Lord. She was a God-fearing woman. And so people really looked up to her. All right. So let's jump into this. She was highly respected because of her relationship with the Lord. So I'm going to read... Judges 4. We're just going to read through it because it preaches itself and it's so good. All right? Got time, Judges 4. After Ehud's death, the Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Hazar, a Canaanite king. The commander of his army was Sisera, bad dude who lived in the Harosheth Haggaim, yep, Sisera, who had 900 iron chariots. So looking into that, these are like serious chariots. So they were the ones where they had the spikes that would stick out of the side, you know? So like if you were a foot soldier and you were going up against this guy, that wouldn't be cool. Like that'd be really scary. So he is a serious dude. He's a bad guy. Sisera, who had 900 iron chariots, ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, interesting name, was a prophet who was judging Israel at the time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah, Ramah, and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites would go to her for judgment. One day, she sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Naphtali. She said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun at the Mount Tabor, and I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors to the Kishon River, and there I will give you victory over him. So take notice of this. She calls out this man, Barak. She goes, hey, you're going to be warrior. This isn't her son. This is just someone else. Just remember that, okay? She calls him out. So Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. Very well, she replied, I will go with you, but you will receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah, so take note of that. I'm going to go with you, but you're not going to get any credit of this because the victory is going to be at the hands of a woman. So she tells him, first of all, she calls him out, hey, you're to do this. That's his response. Remember that. Okay, very well, I will go with you. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. At Kadesh, Barak called together the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 warriors went up with him. Deborah also went with him. Now Heber the Kenite, a descendant of Moses' brother-in-law, moved away, pitched a tent. Twelve, when Sisera was told that Barak, son of Binoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, he called all 900 of his iron chariots and all of his warriors, and they marched from Herosheth Hagim to the Kishon River. Then Deborah said to Barak, get ready. This is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera. For the Lord is marching ahead of you. So Barak led his 10,000 warriors down the slopes of Mount Tabor into battle. When Barak attacked, the Lord threw Sisera and all of his chariots and warriors into a panic. Sisera leaped down from his chariot and escaped on foot. Then Barak chased the chariots. Just picture this, guys. Like this, this get into it. When you read these stories, picture it. You're in it, Okay. So he gets off, he's running. So Barak chases the chariots and the enemy army all the way to Harasheth Hagim, killing all of Sisera's 
warriors. Not a single one was left alive. Meanwhile, Sisera ran to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the one who pitched the tent, right? So he runs to this tent, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because Heber's family was, a friend, was on friendly terms with King Jabin of Hazar. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come into my tent, sir. Come in. Don't be afraid. So he went into her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. Please give me some water, he said. I'm thirsty. So she gave him some milk from a leather bag and covered him again. Stand at the door of the tent, he told her. If anyone comes and asks you if there is anyone here, say no. But when Sisera fell asleep from exhaustion, Jael quietly crept up to him with a hammer and a tent peg in her hand. Then she drove the tent peg through his temple and into the ground, so he died. Come on. I said I was feeling feisty. When Barak came looking for Sisera, Jael went out to meet him. She said, come, and I will show you the man you're looking for. So he followed her into the tent and found Sisera lying there dead with the tent peg through his temple. So on that day, Israel saw God defeat Jabin, the Canaanite king. And from that time on, Israel became stronger and stronger against King Jabin until they finally destroyed him. It actually says there was then 20 years of peace. So let's break this down. This is amazing. In chapter 5, I, w- I so encourage you to read this too because it begins to break it down more. So this is amazing that Deborah, first of all, she hears the Lord and she shares this word to a man, right? In fact, in chapter 5, it says, On that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinoam, sang this song. Israel's leaders took charge and the people gladly followed. Praise the Lord. Israel's leaders, they took charge, and then the people gladly followed. Something happens when leaders, we begin to take charge, when leaders lead. People want to gladly follow. They stood up. They had been in oppression. Remember, like, armies coming in, always afraid of what's going to happen. Like, imagine for the women. Like, get into this place. A lot of them are tent dwellers. JL lives in a tent. And there's this knowing that there's this evil ruler who has been ruling over them for 20 years going after them. So context, again. So that verse, the leaders took charge and the people gladly followed. And then it says, okay, this is what I love. Verse 12. Wake up, Deborah, wake up. Wake up, wake up and sing a song. Arise, Brock, lead your captives away, son of Abinoam. So she literally tells herself to wake up. Deborah speaks for herself. She says, wake up. There's something going on. It's time to wake up. Let me find my verse that I'm really looking for. Verse 7. It says that there were a few people left in the villages of Israel until Deborah arose as a mother for Israel. It goes in, if you read, it says, chapter, I mean, verse 6, in the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, people prov- avoided the main roads and travels, travelers stayed on winding pathways. There were few people left in the villages of Israel until Deborah arose as a mother for Israel. So trade, like, even the trade routes were different. That's what's saying. They weren't going on the main roads. They weren't doing these trade routes, anything like that. Until Deborah arose as a mother. She hears, this is what's going on in my nation. This is what God says. I need to arise as a mother of my nation. It doesn't say that I need to arise as a mother of just my child. She says, I will arise as a mother of this nation. And then she goes down, verse 12, and says, Wake up, Deborah. Wake up. Wake up, wake up, and sing a song. Arise, Barak. Lead your captives away, son of Abinoam. How many of us are going to start to wake up? I mean, I love, I love hearing that because it says she arose as a mother of a nation. Me, as a single woman, I hear the cry of this younger generation. Like, I've worked with teenagers. I was a youth pastor for five years here. And 
I hear the cry of this generation. Like you hear things that go on and it has to burden your heart to where you go, I'm going to wake up as a mother of this generation. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to arise as a mother of this generation. And then when she does that, she hears the word of the Lord for a soldier named Barak. And she says, Barak, you're supposed to go into battle. This is what God says. You're going to go into battle and the victory of the Lord is going to be yours. So she literally rises up as a woman, total opposite of our current women's movement that's garbage. She, she wakes up and she goes, I'm going to rise up as a mother. So as a mother, that means I'm going to champion my men on and say, hey, I need you to be the warrior that you are. So the victory of the Lord is yours. Go. She partners with, she goes, I am empowering this generation. I'm empowering my men. I need them to be warriors because that's who God created them to be. So she says that and he goes, I'll go, but if you go with me. <laughs> and then Deborah, I just think about that. She's this woman. She goes, okay, I'm going to go into battle with you, but the victory is, you're not going to get credit for it now. It's going to be in the hands of a woman. So it doesn't say that she went in and like had all these weapons. Like Deborah was so brave. She was so courageous, but she heard the cry of her people. She heard God's heart for her people. And she's like, well, I've got to step up. Someone's got to do it. I just about tripped on that too. So she rises up. They go into battle. It's actually crazy what happens. In chapter five, you can hear it more. But I'm like, a river wipes them out. Like God wins the battle for them. Like it's, I mean, it's crazy. And so JL, this tent dweller, She's this woman who has lived in a tent. And like I said, Sisera, he's known for going, raiding, raping women, bringing them to his soldiers. He doesn't care about women at all. Doesn't care at all. To the point where his mother's response is, oh, he's not here. Oh, he must just be gathering the plunder. A woman or two per the soldiers. Like, it's horrible. So JL's probably experienced this. She's probably heard that. She's probably had friends that have been very affected. And she sees him coming. And so, first of all, imagine the fear. Because it doesn't mention her husband is there, right? So she's alone in this tent. So think about what would normally happen to a woman like that. She's alone in this tent. Come, don't be afraid. She thinks, here's my chance, Lord. Don't be afraid. And he goes, give me water. So she gives him a thing of milk. He lays down because he's exhausted. And she gets what she is used to using, right? She's a tent dweller. She goes, I want to use the weapons in my hand. She creeps up to this man, this evil man, this enemy who's been oppressing all of them. And she goes, bam, through his temple to the ground. What? This thing's heavy. Like, it's really heavy. This through your temple. I was like, okay. These are some bad mamma jammas. Like, these girls don't mess around. But I, oh, I am ready to see that. And I love it because if we go, then it, uh, chapter 5, it's just, Jael is the reality that the victory of the Lord was in the hands of a woman, right? It happened in the hands of a woman. So Deborah heard the word of the Lord. She spoke it out. She called out the men. She said, come on, go to battle. And then, let's go. You ready? Let's go. Let's go to battle. So you go out. That's right. You start chasing them down. So you got to go. Oh, ready? Well, let's do this. You, you want to run for me? So you're, you're on foot, and you're chasing Cicero down. So you're going to go running around. This is what you'll do. You'll run around. He's looking for him. He's getting him. He's getting him. So you come over here, and all of a sudden, you see this, this woman who's like, oh, I have the man you're looking for. And then you walk in, and you see this through his head. Like that is a scene through his head. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... That's what I'm talking about. This, this is what we've got to do. We need our mothers, our women. Thank you. Ladies, it's time to arise as mothers of this nation. It's time to arise as mothers of a generation. 
Like I said, this wasn't some lady who said she arose. Deborah didn't arose, like arise and then say directly to her son. She spoke to someone in the generation. She spoke to one of the warriors and said, hey, this is what God says. She took it on her heart. She arose as a mother. And then JL, she was ready. She's like, all right, put me in the battlefield. And I believe that there are some Deborahs here this morning that are time to wake up. And there, it's time to tell yourself, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's time to wake up. I mean, I hear of way too many abortions. If you look at the statistics, it's horrendous. It's horrible. What do we do? We got to wake up. We got to wake up. And then there's some JLs that are going to start rising up and they're going to drive some tent pegs through some heads. Let's go. But there, something happens. This woman is then like, she's gripped with the love of God. You know, she just gets like messed up with the love of God for her people and says, I have to bring an answer. Like, I have to be part of the solution. I have to be part of the solution. And that's what we talk about, brave love. Um, I just, brave love looks like not just hearing it and then, or not just watching things happen and letting it go on. Brave love looks like, wow, the abortion rates are horrible. Well, you know what? I can do something about that. I'm going to step up and I'm going to be a foster mom. I'm going to be someone who's going to stand in the gap and say, hey, you're scared. I get it. Like, why don't you be brave, have this baby, and I'm going to love this baby with every fiber of my being. We got like Tessa right here. She is a woman who walks in brave love, who says, I can't, I can't handle babies dying. I can't handle it. So I'm going to step up in this love that's not passive. It is active. I love it. You got amazing mamas who become moms overnight who oh, like take in this love, like mom, Tabs, who say, I'm going to step up and I'm going to be the best mom ever. I'm going to love you with every fiber of my being because I'm not going to be passive with my love. I'm going to bring action to it. Brave love hears the cry of the people. It hears the need and then it steps up. You've got people like my Aunt Val, who my cousin, if you were to know, that's who was up there. His brother died in the gangs. Um, if his life would have stayed in the same track, he, I'm, uh, there's a great chance that he would have been shot in the gangs as well. But Aunt Val stepped up and she said, no, I'm going to arise as a mother of this generation. I love you and I'm going to take it on. I'm going to take on your burdens. I'm going to invest in you financially. I'm going to love you through the hurt, through all the different confusion that you feel because of the, the things that happen to you. And no, I'm not the reason that you had that confusion and you have this emotional state. But guess what? I'm going to love you through it. Like that's brave love. That's brave love. That's what it looks like to arise as a mother of a nation. That's what it looks like to be a JL who says, no, like we're killing this thing. Doesn't it get you fired up? It gets me really, really fired up. Um, Cassidy, one of the girls in our church, I think she's probably with her family in Twin Falls right now. She's a girl who's gone through the foster system um, experienced all the stuff. You hear her testimony. She's experienced the hard things. But you know what she's done? She's, Cass is what, 21? 22, 21? She's 21 years old. And she is passing, like, she was writing bills to be handed over to the governor to be like, hey, this is wrong in the foster system because I experienced it. And she's literally passing bills of like, hey, this is what we need to do for the foster system. She actually is one who has signed up to teach people how to be foster parents. I mean, this is a girl who's been through the ringer, been through the rough stuff, but she goes, it happened to me. Her brother committed suicide. He aged out, committed suicide. And because of that, she wanted to step up in this love and be like, this is not going to happen. I like, not on my watch. This can't happen on my watch. And that's what we need so bad. I mean, girls, we need some jails to rise up and be like, not now. Uh, suicide, depression, all these things, not on my watch. Just standing up. My grandma, she's a JL, goodness. She's a Deborah and a JL. 
she's done like <laughs> she's kicked some demons down she's she's done it all in our family she's like she's been one of those where she goes I'm gonna pray you through I'm not gonna let this happen I'm going to be a mother who rises up and I believe that this morning that there is a generation thank you Jared of women who are ready to rise up that means every age group I'm talking everyone who is alive on the earth right now to rise up, to rise up. If you hear what's in our high schools, it breaks your heart. And so what do they need? They want moms. They want moms really bad. They want people who are going to love them. I mean, I love our young boys so much. I wanna champion you on with every fiber of my being. Like we need you to be the warriors that you are. We need you to be the mighty men of God that you are. The, the providers, the protectors, the ones who step up, who go into battle. Like we need you. We need you so bad. We need each other. I love that in this battle, they all needed each other. Deborah had to wake up as the mother, right? She had to arise as the mother. But then she called the warriors. She called Barack. She goes, hey, I need you. And then I love it because they ended up needing JL too. So they all, this, to make this battle happen in the Lord, because obviously they needed the Lord, but they really needed each other and they needed each person as a part of this battle. We need each other, guys. We need our mothers to rise up. We need our men to be the ultimate warriors who are going, they're running, chasing down the enemy. Like these are fun battles. If you were to make this into a movie, R for sure, guaranteed. I wouldn't be able to watch it. But that's the kind of fight that we have to get in us. Like that's what God is calling us to. And we need each other, each one of us. No one on the sidelines, we need each other. We need real mothers and fathers. We need moms and dads, I say mother, you. Tessa, you rose up as a mother, but Matthew, you had to be a father to do this together. You guys are in it. Like you were in the battle together. And that kind of reality that we need each other so bad. So look at the person next to you and say, I need you. And then say, you need me. I need you and you need me. So let's go ahead, let's stand up. So here's the thing though, Deborah, she heard, she heard what the Lord was saying, right? She heard the cry of the people, but she also heard the Lord's heart. So she heard it, she had the stirring, but she did something. She, you, it's like that, the whole battle of you know, the flesh and the spirit, how that happens where you're like, God, I know this is you, but ah, it's kind of a big battle. But she literally tells herself, wake up, wake up, Deborah, wake up and sing the song. So that's what it's time to do. We hear what the Lord's saying. We hear the, the cry of the people. And now it's time to wake up. And sometimes you have to tell yourself, wake up. So look at the person next to you and say, wake up. Wake up, wake up. Come on, wake up. Wake up, wake up. Arise, Barack, let's go to battle. So I want us to get rowdy and wild for the Lord. And here's the biggest thing. How do we take it from in the church to outside? Because we hear the word of the Lord now and we're like, "Woo, yeah, that's cool. JL dug a tent peg through a man's head. Yeah. But it's like, how are we actually, what are we doing? Are we knocking down abortion rates? Are we knocking down um, depression? Are we knocking down suicides? Are we knocking down all these things? Like what are the generational curses that have been in your family? Because it's time to be like, no more for my people. No more for my family. Right? 
So Lord, I pray right now that you would move on our hearts like never before, God. Lord, I thank you that love is active, God. That we would step out in action, Lord. That we wouldn't be passive anymore. We would really step out in action. Lord, I pray that you would begin to put those things on hearts right now. Lord, I pray that you would begin to move on hearts right now. That mothers would begin to rise up right now. That we would become mothers of nations, mothers of this generation. Lord, I thank you for the jails that are ready for battle. Lord, I thank you for the Baraks that are ready. I thank you. And they won't even have to say, I'm, I'm not doing it unless you go with me. They'll just be brave and do it. Did you notice that Deborah corrected him? She does. Like, she literally hears his destiny. That's what we talk about, a mother corrects, a father corrects. That she hears his destiny and she goes, this is what God has for you. He's called you to do this. And he's kind of, like, he's obviously fearful. She goes, okay, I'm, I'm going to go with you. But know that now you're not going to get credit for it. But it's still, it's like that correcting, it's that building. We need that. We need that in our lives. We need those people that are going to be like, hey, this is what God says over you. I know this is how he sees you. I know this. And then we walk through the process, right? Because sometimes you get a word and you're like, yes, God. But then you have to put legs to it and you're like, ooh, is that really you, God? So we need those mothers who are like, this is who you really are. I know you're scared right now, so I'm going to go with you. But know that this was really your battle, so you're not going to get credit for you now. But I'm going to go with you. Because I bet he was stoked for the next battle, you know? Because he had to walk through it. He saw God provide and be the victorious one. So Lord, I thank you. We thank you, God, right now. Lord, for our city, that we would rise up as mothers of our city, Lord. That we would rise up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, Jesus, he was the ultimate example of what this looked like, too. Think about this. Jesus came into the world as a baby. They're killing babies out of fear that a king might rise up, right? So he comes in at a time as a baby when babies are being killed. He comes in at that time. And then he walks through the whole process He's perfect love. I mean, perfect love. He goes and he's loving on people who reject him. He made them. You know, like he made us and he's loving these people that he literally created and then they reject him. But he still loves with this fierce burning love for them. So much so that he goes to the cross, he dies, he resurrects so that that same love can then be put inside of us. So when you get the eyes of love, when you get gripped with God's heart and his vision for a person, you'll go through painful things with them. They'll reject you. And you're like, this hurts me so bad, but I love you so much that I'm gonna love you through it. Like for the joy set before him, he went to the cross. The joy was us, you know, being one with him. So with that kind of love, God, I pray that you would put that love in us. God, I thank you that you've called us to that, Lord, that we get to love from your heart, Jesus. And I pray that we would have eyes to see like never before, Lord, like never before, that we would rise up in this fierce, brave love, Jesus. In a fierce, brave love, God, that we'd be ready for battle, that we'd use the tools that are around us, God, just like JL, and we'd go driving demons down, driving enemies down, just with the tools that you've set before us. Think about that. She was in her home, and she destroyed the enemy right there. I mean, it's just amazing. So, Lord, we say yes. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. So I want you to tell the person next to you, it's go time. It's go time. It's battle time. It's go time. Wake up. Wake up. I'm serious. I am so excited. I, just a testimony. So YWAM, our, the Kona base where a lot of our friends are um, with fire and fragrance, they got gripped with this. Like this is a, a huge thing of what they teach. They teach brave love. So they got gripped with this, with the Lord's heart, with this adoptive love. 
And all of a sudden, because they heard about abortion, you know, the rates when they saw how many, and they were, we have to do something about this. They said, we have to, we can't just sit around. We have to do something about this. And so they said, well, we're a bunch of loving Christians. Um, let's, let's adopt, let's open up, let's be foster parents. And now literally the foster system, they're the first people that they call. Like literally the second that a child is in the foster system, they call that base and they go, hey, we have a child. And people are like, we will take them. We will love them. Like it's crazy. They keep adopting and adopting. Like it's, it's so beautiful. And I feel like the Lord's doing that. Like obviously we already have testimonies of that, but I feel like it's that kind of love where we're like, we're gonna stand in the gap no matter what. So God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Whoo! Thank you, Jesus. We're waking up, God. We're waking up. Thank you, Lord. So women, I want you to be encouraged today. Whatever it is, if you've, I know that there's, there's a lot of pain that comes with sometimes not being able to have children, all sorts of things like that go on. But Deborah, like I said, it didn't say that she arose for her child. She arose for a nation. And God has children for you, has spiritual children for you, physical children. We'll contend with that too. But now is the time to rise up. All right, you are needed desperately. I mean desperately needed. You are needed. And all of a sudden you're going to get amazing testimonies like my Aunt Val, my cousin Shane, who's the successful businessman now, who's like, I can't wait to raise my own family. I can't wait to do this because someone went through the process with him, loved him, brought him in. And we're going to see that like never before. So mamas, you're needed. Men, you're needed. We need you in the battle. We need you to be the men of God, the mighty warriors who were like real warriors, you know, crazy warriors for the Lord. And JLs, let's go. Let's go get some, let's dig some through, all right? Let's do it. So Lord, we love you and we say yes, we say yes, we say yes. We will rise up. We will rise up. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we bless you guys. We love you guys. Have so much fun, ladies. We have beautiful flowers at the door for you. So go get some. Once again, tell them, tell people around you, I need you. Be blessed. Walk in that crazy, fiery, brave love that Jesus has. Amen. <laughs>